this episode of Dick on the Daily. All of your news rule relating to the extortion conviction of porn lawyer Michael Avenatti. Also, we take a deeper look into the past of Mike Bloomberg. Let's get after it. Welcome everyone to the third episode of the, or the fourth episode of the third season of Dick on the Daily. I'm your host, as always, Dick Cheney, and uh, I, I apologize for the lack of episodes this week. I've been very busy. I'm not as, I'm not as, I'm not at home as, uh, I haven't been at home as much this week, and I won't be at home a ton this coming week, but but I will do my best to keep up. So, uh, yesterday, about this time, 11 o'clock a.m., we got news from a federal courthouse in Manhattan that uh, former lawyer for porn star Stormy Daniels, uh, Michael Avenatti, uh, was convicted of three federal felonies relating to um he uh, was convicted of three federal felonies relating to attempt to extort up to 25 million dollars from nike uh he threatened to make damaging charges and claims against the company and then as was strange his arrest came it came 10 15 minutes after um, the press uh, he, after he announced that he would be holding a press conference about this uh, ex- about this extortion attempt now uh, he was convicted yesterday on three counts in the southern district of New York uh, he's he's currently he, his three hundred thousand dollars bond was revoked as uh, he was arrested at a dis- at a disbarment hearing in California, he was uh, arrested, held without bond, and he's now at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York, where all of your famous criminals have been held. You have a Trump assault. You got Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. He's serving a seven-year federal prison sentence, but he's also facing charges, state, local charges in the state of New York. That That's why he's there. You have uh, famous terrorists have been held there. Uh, the 1993 World Trade Center bombing, those terrorists were held there. Uh, you have Zarkaius Musawi, the only person that's ever been charged in connection with the 9-11 attacks. You've got... Uh, You've got uh, Bernard Madoff, the uh, guy who uh, carried out a $65 billion Ponzi scheme. And, of course, Jeffrey Epstein was held there until he was, quote-unquote, or or until he, quote-unquote, killed himself on August 10th, 2019. Um, Michael Avenatti is currently being held there and he'll be held there until his sentencing in June Um, I mean the guy's I mean the guy's sketchy I mean 
what else do you want me to say? He uh, faces a trial in the Central District of California. Uh, he is accused of wire and bank fraud. Um, the in, the indictment alleges that he Im, that he embezzled money. Which, if you're wondering what Im, Im, what embezzlement is, it's the act. It's quote the act of w withholding assets for the purpose of theft of such assets. So it's essentially a holding back a assets. That's really it. Uh, and that friend that Avenatti held that money back from a client and had defrauded a Mississippi bank by sub by submitting false tax returns in order to obtain more than $4 million in loans. Which, I mean, I would never want to be a financial lawyer. I would never want to deal with any financial crimes because they make no sense. So that was on March 25th of last year. On April 10th, uh, Avenatti was charged by a grand jury in Santa Ana, California of embezzling funds from his clients. So um, these charges essentially are in, in settlements. That um, He sues someone for, for on behalf of a client. And let's say he's a, the client's awarded a million dollars it's given to Avenatti on their behalf. Avenatti is expected to give that money to the client, but he didn't. In this case, uh, he was embezzling funds from his client, <laughs> NBA player for the Heat. I think he, I think he plays for the Heat now. Uh, no, he plays for the Portland Trail Blazers now. Um... He embezzled funds from Hassan Whiteside that he was wired to Avenatti in January 2017 for the purpose of paying a settlement to his ex-girlfriend. Avenatti stands accused of withholding client funds and applying most of the settlement money of $1.75 million along with his included million-dollar fee in order to invest $2.5 million in a share of a, of a private jet. That's just some of it. There's like a paragraph more. Then, on April 11th, 2019, the U.S. Attorney Nicola T. Hanna for the Central District of California, the uh, Mississippi Bank case, uh, she announced 36 more charges against Avenatti. And then, on May 22nd, 2019, Avenatti was charged with wire fraud and aggravated identity theft that he, as a result of allegations that he st stole money from porn star former client who brought him to fame, Stormy Daniels. He was released on a $300,000 bond. And then he was arrested on January 14th. For and then he was arrested on January 14th of this year. So... Uh, a month and uh, a month and one day ago, and then according to the Wall Street Journal, he was scheduled to face trial in New York, which he was just convicted on. Then prosecutors in California accused Avenatti of violating the conditions of his release by committing a series of crimes while he was free on bond. Mike, the the fucking nerve of this guy 
uh, and U.S. Marshals were prepared to take Avenatti to Manhattan as early as January 17th for his trial, but and Avenatti's trial on the California charges were f- scheduled for May. Avenatti also faced additional New New York charges for the sto- for uh, embezzling three hundred thousand dollars from Stormy Daniels. <sighs> this is very complicated, but I mean, I was reading yes, I was reading yesterday. I think it was on CNN or something, and I typically watch CNN for all legal stuff because they have lots of, ex- I mean, because they've got. Uh, Preet Bharara, who was the former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York under Obama. Uh, they've got Jeffrey Tubin. He's renowned in terms of uh, law reporting. Uh, just They have lots of esteemed lawyers. So I go there, I mean, and I'll turn it on, like, for the coverage of the Paul Manafort trial a few years ago. That's where I was. But uh, I read there yesterday that uh, this was the weakest case of them all that the prosecutors had. Uh, now, for the trial in New York, Avenatti faces up to 40 years in federal prison for these charges alone. So, I mean, Avenatti, I mean, I, I mean, he is, I mean, he's, he's 48. He has three kids. I mean, I, I mean, I quite honestly just feel bad for his kids because I mean just I mean because their dad is going to go to prison for a long time um and I don't know if you're here there's been some static uh I don't know if you've heard that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to fix that but I apologize if you've heard that um so in all Avenatti's been charged with attempted extortion which he, which is i believe the what he was just just convicted of honest services fraud which is um so it's essentially defrauding a charity uh bank there uh, he he's charged with bank fraud wire fraud and um embezzlement and identity fraud and um i want to talk about a case that uh Reagan Revived was talking about on his podcast a few weeks ago. The case of Congresswoman Corrine Brown. She was a Democrat from the state of Florida who I believe let's let's read about her case here. Um, I'm on Wikipedia because uh, you know it's just I mean it's really uh it's uh, it gives you a s- summary, and you know it's mostly taken from other websites, so you know it's not that bad. Um, so she was elected to the U.S. Congress in 1992. She um, represented Jacksonville, Orlando, Ocala, which is like this is the heart of o- Florida, Gainesville, and Lake City. Uh, she on June first, two thousand nine, she formed a new. She almost ran for the Senate in New York or for in uh, Florida. 
Now, the stuff with financial crimes, it's not all new. In 1998, she was questioned by the House Ethics Committee for from receiving a $10,000 check from National Baptist Convention leader Hen- Henry Lyons. She was accused of using the money Im- improperly. And then she wrote the check to a bus company. I, I don't know. Um, she was rebuked by the House of Representatives <laughs> in 2004 for when she referred to the 2000 presidential election in Florida, which let's just talk about that for a second. The 2000 presidential election in Florida came down uh, around 500 votes. And in some cases, it was 100 votes. Gore never took the lead. But for Bush... Okay, I'm going to turn this down a little bit. Um, For Bush, it was... uh, It always looked good. Um, the, The... Ballots made were paper ballots where you would put your piece of paper into a machine then the machine would say Bush or uh, Gore and then you would punch a hole and then you would take the piece of paper out. So like hole number five was for Bush, six was for Gore. Then like there were issues with uh, people who didn't punch, there were Issues with people who didn't put their card in the cor- their voting card in the correct way. There were issues with people that punched the, a hole in the card the wrong way. But what I find strange about this is that the two most liberal and Jewish counties in the state of Florida they were Volusia, which is more in northeast Florida. It's by Daytona Beach. It's, it's out on the coast. Then Miami-Dade County, though, or it was either Miami-Dade or Broward. That's where a, 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 a lot of these disputed votes were. And, uh, yeah. Now, now, in July 2016, Corrine Brown and her chief of staff were indicted and they pled not not guilty to a 22 count federal indictment in relation to a nonprofit organization which was called One Door for Education the indictment charged Corrine Brown with participating in a conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud similar to uh, operation varsity blues on the college ed- the college admission scandal which we'll get to next uh, getting back to this here, they were also charged with co- with concealing material facts on financial disclosure forms, theft of government property, ob- ob- obstruction of the IRS laws, and filing false tax returns. The f- federal prosecutors in Florida um, charged that the charity was was indeed to give s- scholarships to underprivileged students but acted as a uh, personal black fund for Corrine Brown and her associates. A black fund or a slush fund is a fund or account that's not properly accounted, such as money used for corrupt or, e- or 
or illegal purposes. The indictment said that Corrine Brown filled the coffers of Brown and Associates with one door don with one door donations for personal and professional benefit totaling eight hundred thousand dollars, much of which was was deposited to Brown's personal bank accounts. Uh, now, I mean, if you wanted to commit a federal crime, or if you wanted to commit some clever financial crime, then why the hell would you do it like this? Why would you link all of this to your personal bank account? I mean, that's just horribly idiotic. Now, let's move on to the college admissions bribery scandal. Now, between 2011 and 2018, uh, it's alleged that 53 individuals Um, were involved in a criminal conspiracy to influence admissions um, decisions at several top American universities. The investigation was announced on March 12, 2019, and 53 people have been charged. Uh, 33 parents are accused of paying more than $25 million between 2011 and 2018 to William Rick Singer, who organized the scheme, who used part of the money to fraudulently inflate entrance exam test scores and bribe college officials. This is happening in the U.S. District Court for the District of Massachusetts. Um, those who have pled guilty, let's see who they are here. Parents. Um. Okay. The Nate. Um. The admissions frauds are. Um. Gamal Aziz. He was. He's an Egyptian businessman. He's pled not guilty. Jeffrey Bazak, who is the son, who is the son of someone, he was sentenced on October thirtieth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, Diane and Todd Blake were charged in this case, though it doesn't list if they've pled not guilty. Um, Massimo, Gianna, Nully, and uh, actor Lori Laughlin, they've they've both pled not guilty and they're out on a million dollars bond. Uh, The rest of these people, I have no clue who they are. Felicity Huffman. She pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit mail and honest service fraud. She was given 14 days in prison. That turned out to be about 10 days because she was released uh, before the weekend because she was set to be released on the weekend uh, and a $30,000 fine. Now, I mean, you 
obviously heard of the expression money talks. Money does talk. If you're rich, you can do whatever the hell you want. You can get a high-priced lawyer to get, to, to get you out of this. And, I mean, it's, it's very much true that you can do whatever you want if you have money. This is why I, uh, now, I feel the need to address Michael Bloomberg here, because I, uh, see, someone who is volunteering 160th of their net worth, which, granted for him, that doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, it's one billion dollars, billion with a B. And he is doing that to get rid of Trump. Um, he has not had a great past. I mean, hell, Joe Biden hasn't had a great past. But the thing that people who support Bernie Sanders need to understand, who call Mike Bloomberg the devil, is that Bernie Sanders calls himself a democratic socialist. I don't care if that would mobilize the democratic base to get out and vote for him. Hell, the people in in Wisconsin and Kansas, in Florida, in Ohio, in Pennsylvania, they're, they're not going to vote for Sanders. Why? Because I know a lot of regular, uh, who, po- who the politicians would call Rust Belt people. I've, I've, asked, I've asked them about Bernie Sanders. They all call him too old. It's, it's nothing about him being, they just say he's too old. Now, him and Michael Bloomberg are now both 78, but I don't hear anyone talking about how Mike Bloomberg is too old. Because Mike Bloomberg hasn't had a heart attack. But see, that isn't the point. Oh, fucking bullshit. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, there's something I want to bring up right after I f- finish my thought here. Um, Bernie Sanders would... Um, Bernie Sanders, he's... The reports that he went to Moscow when he was younger, when he was mayor of Burlington, I mean, there's tapes of that that exist. Him and his wife, um, Jane, they went to Moscow. They'll, they'll, they'll be, and, and this was during the Soviet Union times. It's just not going to look good. There are, I know there will be people that view him as a communist. There will be people that view him as not, or is just not the best leader. I mean, I love Bernie Sanders. He's been consistent all his life. But, I mean, the forces that he has, I would highly doubt that he's directing these forces, but, I mean, he obviously has a very great influence who are harassing people that don't agree with him, etc., etc. This is what Trump, this is what Trump was doing in 2016. In a fashion. So. That's why. I don't think. 
Bernie Sanders would be the best nominee because I think a question that the Democratic Party has to ask itself do we want to mobilize the base or do we want to mobilize those who voted for Obama in 2008 and 2012 but those who voted for Trump in 2016 who are we going to focus more on if I would say it that there is both a pro and a con. The pro to mobilizing the de- the uh, re- the uh, republic, the swing Republican base, is that that would set the ex- example that we are working for a more bipartisan future. The con of not doing the con of the con of doing that is that young people are the future, and we and we need to set the example to get them out to vote. Um, now the reason I said fucking hell earlier was because I googled Mike Bloomberg just to dig into his past. And, uh, six minutes ago from the New York Post, Bloomberg reportedly considering Hillary Clinton as his running mate. Okay, I mean, if, if this is true, if this is true. I will be behind Bernie Sanders 100%. It's, I mean, it quite on, I mean, it's the, it's the New York Post. But it very much scares the living shit out, out of me, because we can't have this again. We cannot have Hillary Clinton involved in any of the American Democratic party political process ever again. She's polluted the well. Now, in interest of full disclosure, let's dig into the past of Mayor Michael Bloomberg. Just a quick recap here. He first ran for mayor in 2001. The election was held in November of 2001 in New York City, two months after the September 11th attacks. He ran as a Republican, and he was elected both for his first two terms as a member of the Republican Party in 2001 and 2005. Um, In 2009, when he ran for his final term, he ran as an independent. His political affiliations from 2001 to 2007. For six years, Michael Bloomberg was a registered Republican. And from 2007 to 2018, he was an independent. Now, and before 2001 and from 2018 on, he has been a Democrat. Now, of course, there were lots of controversial policies implemented in the Bloomberg administration. Now, I'm going to read some of, uh, let's see this here, I gotta pull it up again. Okay. In 2006, he founded the Mayors Against Illegal Guns um, organization. 
he increased the mandatory minimum sentence for the illegal possession of a loaded handgun. Um, now, my opinion, I mean, he could be doing more. I mean, he, this is what I call the conservative tactic. It's doing something after the damage is done. We need to implement more measures that are that are before something um, or that take place before a shooting or before a life could be lost uh, he does oppose the death penalty which I also oppose it staunchly um, he are he argued that stop and frisk um, would lower the murder rate, but uh, and of course in 2013 it was ruled unconstitutional. Uh, in the recently leaked tapes, or it wasn't leaked, it was it, it was at a speech in two in 2015. Uh, let's let's play that right now. 95 percent of your murders and murderers and murder victims fit one MO. You can just take the description, Xerox it, and pass it out to all the cops. They are male minorities, 15 to Bloomberg then bluntly described his policy. We put all the cops in the minority neighborhoods. Yes, that's true. Why we do it? Because that's where all the crime is. And the way she get the guns out of the kids' hands is to throw them against the wall and frisk them. Throw them up against the wall and frisk them. Not only does that sound like some freaky... BDSM shit there that just I mean he's talking about kids here it was ruled unconstitutional but especially the world after 9-11 I could see how that would be abused and I mean d detaining people for no reason is very unconstitutional I'm actually shocked it took that long to be deemed unconstitutional now, they fit one MO, which I, let's see what an MO is here. I believe it would be some kind of description of someone, but. And MO is the, um, way a, a particular person has has to do things yeah it's um modus operandi it's it's the way that someone operates so and i mean of i mean not not only were those statements bluntly racist but it show i mean it shows the true character shows the true true character of him but i mean look at trump it's not much better than trump of trump of course but I still think he would be the best candidate to beat Trump and then, you know, maybe serve one one term or serve a term a term and a half, he'll die or resign, then his vice president, hopefully Stacey Abrams becomes the president. Then uh, we can look for a more unifying force. Now now that's all for this episode. Um we plan either l later today or tomorrow. Um, well, I'll I'll have an in I'll have an interview with 
Cade Misk, and Mike Pence. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Now from Baghdad, Iraq, I am Richard Bruce Cheney. Good night.